Though the global pandemic may be slowing things down, Spring Branch is taking tangible steps forward to keep our economy strong, like supporting our local businesses, linking them to free online business courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places, it's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, and today on the show, I have a guest who will be talking to me about small homes. And when I say small, I don't mean these tiny two, 300 square foot houses you see in trendy design magazines. I'm talking about a more practical small home, a small home for families and consumers who really want to be homeowners, but they just can't afford it, even here in Houston and even in the suburbs where it's gotten very hard to find anything new for under $200,000. And that's really because most of the homes that have been built in recent years, as the Houston economy has boomed, were really targeted to wealthier buyers. But now builders are starting to concentrate on more Houstonians that don't have big budgets, and are willing to sacrifice space to own a home. Lawrence Dean is my guest today, and Lawrence runs the Houston office of Metro Study, which is a company that collects research on local housing markets all over the country, and I am lucky to have him here today. Lawrence Dean, welcome to Looped In. Thank you so much, Nancy. I'm really excited to be here. Good, good. So, Lawrence, why are we seeing more builders putting up these smaller homes? Well, Nancy, you really hit the nail on the head. In recent years, Houston's economy has boomed and and done well, and so there was quite a bit of market demand for what I would call move-up, first-time move-up and beyond homes, so new homes that were easily 2,500 square feet and up on up to five and 6,000 square feet. And while there still is a market for that, over half of households in the Houston MSA have household incomes under $75,000 a year. And so that makes buying one of these larger, more expensive homes uh, either an impossibility or just an, an undue burden on household budgets. And from a demographic standpoint, as more millennials enter home ownership and as more baby boomers and empty nesters downsize into a more economical home, there's just a lot of demand and a very, I guess, defensible business case for the need for more moderately sized homes to be added into the mix. Okay. So when we talk about these homes, what are we talking about here in terms of size? Um, Can you sort of describe what some of these homes look like? Certainly, certainly. The majority of kind of what I'd term to be mainstream, more modest-sized new homes being built in Houston may range from anywhere at a small or low end of fourteen to 1,500 square feet and then top out at around 2,000 to 2,100 square feet. You'll see homes of some configuration or another within that square footage band in a lot of new home neighborhoods in Houston, both in the suburbs and in town. Okay. And I know some builders have been doing this for a while, but it it does seem like there are more builders that are kind of jumping on this now and saying, hey, let's do this too. 
I mean, do you know of a big production builder who's not doing it? <laughs> well, that's that's exactly the way to frame that question. Yeah. Because in recent years, virtually every big production builder and many of the large community developers, subdivision developers, you know, those who develop lots, are bolting onto the existing platforms, the existing programs, a smaller house size. And for a land developer, that might mean a 40 to 45 foot wide lot instead of a more traditional 50 or 60 foot wide lot. Mm -hmm. And then the size of the home kind of uh, corresponds uh, with that. Mm -hmm. So uh, a low end of 1400, and we're going to get to some of the outliers in a second because there are definitely some folks that are going a lot smaller than that. But... um, in 2010, KB Home in Houston, and I was here because I I wrote about I wrote about this. They came in and they said we're doing eight 800, 900 square foot homes, and I remember going out to the subdivision in Northwest Harris County and interviewing this couple who had just bought one of these houses and it was you know two bedroom. Um, I don't remember if it was one or two bathroom, but it was a two story house, and it was just they were excited about getting, being able to buy a house. However, KB did not continue that program. You remember that? I do. I do remember that. Yeah. Was it, were you surprised when that happened? I was a little surprised at how small a square footage homes uh, they introduced to the market. KB is a very smart operator, though, and for full disclosure's sake, I like KB Home in Houston so much I've worked there twice in my career, so uh, <laughs> so I'm uh, not detached from that question. Okay. But uh, KB is a uh, very smart operator, and they quickly realized that while there was definitely demand for moderately priced houses and not huge houses— Maybe they didn't need to be 800 square feet. Maybe they needed in that same community to be 1,200, 1,300, 1,500 square feet. So they pretty quickly pivoted back to that and Mm -hmm. sold quite a few houses in that neighborhood, just not at 800 square feet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I've been working on a story on this this trend, and I reached out to KB, and and they said— that they found that it's not just about square footage, it's about the efficiency, utility, and flexibility of the home's designs, and that's kind of corporate sounding, <laughs> but it, it does make sense because when I talked to some of the builders who I interviewed for my story, they talked a lot about design and efficiency, and I, I know that you're that 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 you've seen this as well, kind of how they design these homes. And they use every bit of available space they can. It's not like you walk in and there's the two-story, you know, soaring That's <laughs> foyer. Right. And That's right. It's um, it's a well-designed house, would you say? Yeah, builders have uh, really focused in, in recent years, and this isn't unique to Houston, but we're definitely seeing it here, in cutting out the waste and the fat, for lack of a better way to put it, in floor plans. You know, how many times do you walk into a friend's home, uh, especially a new but newer but not brand new home, let's say an eight or nine-year-old home that you walk in and there's a formal dining room on the right-hand side and a formal living room on the left-hand side and there's one chair in the formal, formal dining room that's never been sat on and there's like <laughs> a pile of kids' toys in the formal living room. People don't use those spaces. Those don't really correspond with the way a lot of people live these days. So even in larger homes, even in 3,000 and 4,000 square foot homes, builders are focusing on taking away those 
unneeded, kind of almost undesirable in the current market spaces. And they're definitely doing that in smaller square footage homes. And it, it allows a smaller square footage to live more spaciously. When I say smaller square footage, I'm talking about the 1,400, 1,800, mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that square feet homes. Yeah. 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 It's it's pretty interesting to see some of these homes. I went into a, a one of the models of a 1,400 square foot home and it had three bedrooms and two bathrooms and a study. So, wow. yeah, uh, the bedrooms were tiny, as you can imagine. But you walk in and you're in this sort of great room with the kitchen in the back and the living area up front, and and there's no long hallway. It's it's just a everything. Every amount of space in that house will be used if you've got a family in there. So. How much are builders selling these homes for and how are they selling? Are, are people really excited about being able, you know, to buy these homes, live in 1,400 square feet? Sure. And so, you know, kind of your first question, what are they selling for? It really depends on the the builder and the neighborhood in the most kind of entry-level oriented locations, the, the most kind of starter home oriented locations, and the most sort of starter home oriented product in the smaller square footage bands, you're seeing new homes that are still base pricing at least. And buying a new home is kind of like buying a new car. There's the base price and then there's the options on top of that. And so when I speak in terms of base prices, uh, you know, ranging from a low of 180 to 190 uh, in the most entry-level sort of applications of smaller square footage homes. Mm-hmm. And then in instances where you're seeing smaller homes and smaller lots being bolted on to a large, maybe existing master plan community that's got a high level of amenities, high level of you know community development and themes that so commands a higher price, you're seeing some of these smaller homes that may still be 1,500 square feet to, to uh 2,000 square feet and maybe on a 40-foot wide lot. So it's it's a very compact home. You're seeing those homes sell for anywhere from the low to mid 200,000s. While that's not maybe as inexpensive as you might think, it moves the needle down in terms of the entry price that you can buy in that neighborhood quite a bit. Okay. And are they selling really well? In many cases, they are, uh, just like in any kind of community, any kind of uh, new home program or position, as a builder would call it, they're going to have six to 12 different floor plans. And so in these types of, in these example neighborhoods, they might have the smallest one that starts at 1,400 square feet and the largest ones up into the low to mid 2000s, let's call it up to 2,400 square feet. While they are certainly selling some of the smallest ones that are 1,400 square feet, uh, like in any builder program, the the sales tend to trend towards the middle. Okay. Uh, oftentimes, a home buyer will see that the price per square foot of that smallest home, because the lot doesn't change in price, lot costs the same as if you had a nineteen hundred square foot house built on that lot. That the price per square foot is higher and higher enough that it pushes them to buy, you know, the next or two up the mm-hmm. list in terms of size. If that makes sense, so. Let's talk about the outliers because there are some folks out there, some builders who think 1400 is not small enough. That's right. <laughs> How low are we seeing these home builders go? 
So we've got a relatively new-to-the-market home builder called Wade Journey Homes. It's a private company uh, out of the southeastern United States, and they're very focused on making new homes affordable and serving that market. Their smallest product that they're bringing into Houston, and it's actually a product they bring into all of their markets, are one-story homes, three-bedroom, one-bath, 1,000 to 1,200 square feet, which we've not seen new homes in, in Houston or in most markets that small in, in quite some time. Right. Wow. That that's that's those bedrooms must be tiny. Yes. Yes. And so what what is their strategy? Why are they doing that, do you think? Well, there's always more need for more affordable housing than there is more premium priced housing. Mm-hmm. And so they're uh getting into a a piece of the market from a price standpoint that almost no other, well, no other new homes can touch and very few resale or used homes can touch. And so it's all about offering a home to someone that might not otherwise be able to afford to buy any house because of their pricing. That translates to a $110,000 to $120,000 home uh, for those square footages. Okay, but they're they're not building in... Sugarland or the Woodlands, right? I, I mean, they can't afford to build a home that small. No, they're building in uh, kind of the next layer beyond the next layer beyond the Sugarlands and the Woodlands okay. uh, in Livingston and Kendleton and, and other locations like that that you can drive. Uh, if, you're, if you're not uh, commuting in peak commuting hours, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to try to get to downtown Houston at 8 in the morning from those locations. But if you have a different type of employment, different schedule, and you're just driving to somewhere in the northern or southwestern periphery of Houston, you can still be within a 30-minute drive of your employment. Okay. Well, it'll be really interesting to see how those homes do if they really build enough of them to kind of make a difference. When did builders stop building small homes? Because in all of our older neighborhoods, the Heights, Montrose, Third Ward, Spring Branch, you've got 1,100, 1,200, you know, 1,500 square foot homes. When did that stop? You know, it, there's kind of two ways to answer that. On one hand, the, the direct answer is when did it stop? When did they just stop even offering that as part of the mix? And in generalities, the, the answer to that question in this area is kind of in the 90s. Okay. Uh, that's when you began to see those smallest homes drop out as even part of the equation. Now, overall, the average square footage of homes being built ramped up you know, every decade. It was 1,300 and something in 19—and I'm speaking to the average square footage of a home built in Houston. Mm-hmm. In 1950, it was like 1,300 square feet. Then it was 1,500 square feet in 1960. And you can kind of keep—really kind of stair-stepping up until the present time that it's between 24 and 2,500 square feet. So, you know, that average was stair-stepping up. But through the late 80s, there was still an active component of relatively small homes. Now, in the 80s, that took the form more often of something vaguely patio home-ish. Right. Uh, you can drive around Ailey for the area out by West Oaks Mall and a few other places and see that kind of product. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really in the 90s, uh, just observing what uh, was built, that's when the small 1,000 to 1,300-square-foot product just about kind of disappeared. All right. And so do you think these smaller homes are going to stick around as the city gets more dense, especially in the urban core? 
Certainly, yeah, there's always a need for more moderately priced housing, and that's the need that, like, this new company coming into town is is uh, looking to tap into. Mm-hmm. And so I could foresee a future where, you know, I, I don't want to overstate it and say that that's going to become just a huge part of the overall uh, equation, but there's definitely a sufficient need for it to where I would anticipate builders will continue to offer some level of volume, some level of of more moderately priced and sized, more importantly, homes than they have in in the last decade or two going forward. Uh, We just continue to grow so much as a city and not all of the population that contributes to that growth all can afford a $300,000 to $500,000 home or even a $200,000 home. And so more moderately priced alternatives uh, kind of build a a bigger net, so to speak, of chances for folks to own Mm -hmm. their own home. Yeah. And you could also probably argue that if oil prices go back up to $100 or beyond that, then there's going to be even more wealthy oil folks in this town, and they'll be looking for big homes and expensive homes, and that probably is not going away anytime soon. So it's sounds like it's just going to be sort of cyclical. Absolutely, yeah. There's always demand, some amount of demand for upper end homes. The oil business definitely fuels that. Oh, that was a bad pun. I didn't mean to say that. The oil <laughs> business fuels that. We business. do that all the time. But, uh, it's basically <laughs> the case. And then also, you know, we're such a medical hub yeah. that that generates a lot of demand for upper end housing as well. Mm-hmm. Well, how big is your house? My house is two thousand and fifty square feet. It was built in 1960, and in my little subdivision in southwest Houston, I can tell that the back two streets closest to the bayou – yeah, we flood a lot – the back two (laughs) streets closest to the bayou were definitely designed to be the executive housing because those houses are the big ones, you know, that are 1,900 to 2,300 square feet, (laughs) and the northern half to two-thirds of the neighborhood are – those 1,000 to 1,300 square foot smaller homes. Yeah. And it just shows the paradigm in the 50s and 60s that, you know, a 2,000 square foot home was the nice part of the neighborhood, you know, the executive housing. Right, And right. now, yeah, I tell pe- you know, many of the people I work with that work in the building industry live in the suburbs, and I tell them that we live in a 2,000 square foot house, and they think that's the smallest thing they've ever heard of. They yeah. can't imagine that. Yeah, I know. My house is about 1750, so it's— Perfectly fine for mm-hmm. three people. <laughs> but yeah, and I've got friends who live in much smaller with way many more people living with them. So it's it's just about, I guess, what you can handle and where you want to live because it's a trade-off if you want to live inside the loop. In fact, I was not inside the loop, but inside the Beltway. Sure. I was looking at houses the other day on HAR that were in the price range of what I think I could sell my little house for now. I was blown away. I haven't done that in a really long time, but I could get like a five-bedroom house with a pool and one of those <laughs> soaring staircases. And and then I was just like, oh, God, I would not want to clean that house. That is the other end of it, yes. <laughs> or pay yes. the taxes yes. or, well, taxes may be similar, but yeah, pay the electricity bills, have the pool maintained. Yeah, I'd rather belong to the neighborhood pool. <laughs> I, I uh, vote that same way myself. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Now, my wife has another view of having a pool, so uh, watch. I'll end up having a pool. Oh, but, uh, okay. Probably. Well, yeah. Well, you know, they're 
I mean, it is Houston. If you, you know, most people have them. Very true. Very <laughs> true. All right. Well, um, you know, lastly, I think I, I don't think we talked about really who's buying these homes. Is it the the millennials? Is it the baby boomers? Um, we're hearing more about millennials moving to the suburbs. You know, uh, in the consulting about housing business like I am, we love to talk about the generations, and there's a lot of generational uh, attributes to it. Yeah. But I think the real answer is it's much more nuanced than that. You know, we we make a big deal uh, about millennials moving to the suburbs, but mm-hmm. if you look at the age brackets of millennials now, the oldest millennials, uh, per, I guess, the official definition, are like 38 years old. So the fact that they're buying houses and some of them are moving to the suburbs really shouldn't be that big a surprise (laughs) to us, but it uh, it kind of is for whatever reason. And so, uh, you know, who's buying these smaller homes? Some of it are first-time home buyers, which, you know, as we've been talking about millennials for so long that the oldest millennials are now not that young. So, you know, these first-time buyers that may be in the younger end of millennials and then in the older end of the, and I should know this, what the next generation is after, you know, younger than that. Uh, Gen Z. Gen Z, that's right, yes. You know, kind of uh, trending all, almost into the, the upper end of Gen Z. Uh, then you've got uh, also baby boomers uh, that need a more economical housing solution. Uh, you know, that generation was the first generation that had the majority of their wealth uh, from a generational standpoint, tied up in home equity. Mm-hmm. And so in many instances, those folks are looking for a vehicle to capture some of that uh, wealth and put it into spendable retirement savings uh, to, to live on. And so being able to buy a smaller, more economical, more efficient home is is appealing. Uh, and then, you know, when I say it's more nuanced than just talking about generations, you know, there's a lot of lifestyle and life situations that steer towards demand for a smaller home. Uh, lots of long-term single people. Uh, divorced folks uh, will uh, oftentimes be buyers of smaller homes, especially smaller homes inside of a master plan community uh, with good schools and all those mm-hmm. attributes. Uh, so there's just so many different sort of life situations that fuel why you'd need 1,800 or 1,500 square feet instead of 3,000 square feet. That's a it's kind of a nuanced answer. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, this is it. Really, the last question. What is the next big thing in housing? What are we going to see? That is a great, great <laughs> question. Yeah, I think we're going to continue to see more informal living, uh, kind of the, the point I made earlier about the disappearance of formal dining rooms and uh, formal living rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to see more and more creative solutions for multi-generational living. Now, mm-hmm. that's not new at this point. We've been focusing on that probably for the better part of a, a decade, but I think we're going to see uh, designers, architects, and builders come up with new and different solutions. Uh, but we'll see different uh, different solutions to that uh, presented. I think we'll continue to see that uh, mm-hmm. as well. All right. Great. Well, Lawrence, thank you so much for being here and sharing your knowledge on housing, big and small. Thank you so much, Nancy. Listeners, thank you too. Please subscribe to Looped In on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And as always, let me know what you think by rating us, writing a review, or reaching out. I am on Facebook and Twitter, and you can reach me at nsarnoff. Or you can send me an email, nancy.sarnoff at cron.com. Thanks for listening.